We have got a special episode for you today on the Montgomery Companies podcast. We're going to let you inside on the webinar that we did recently with David Nurse as a part of the Montgomery Companies Leadership Series. We talk all things faith, perspective, performance, and mindset. Enjoy the conversation with David Nurse. Good morning and welcome to the Montgomery Company's Leadership Series. I am Jordan Montgomery and today I am joined by author, speaker, NBA, life and optimization coach, David Nurse. Hey, I'm going to get to David's intro in just a second, but before I do that, I just want to share a couple of thoughts with our community. And the first thought is a thought of gratitude. Uh, I just want to say thank you. If you are brand new to our community, if this is your first time joining our community, uh, we're glad that you're here. We're honored that you decided to spend some of your valuable time with us. And if you've been with us before, we want to say welcome back. We are honored to run with this group. We know we have so many good friends and clients on today's webinar. Many of you are watching with your team. You're watching in groups. Some of you have your entire organization on today's call. And it means a lot to us because today we get to learn from one of the best and brightest, David Nurse, in the world of sports and business. I want to tell you about our next session through the leadership series on July 9th. It's a Friday 10 a.m. Central Time, we are going to be joined by Damon West. Damon West is a former Division I quarterback, actually spent some time in prison, and through that experience, had changed perspective, became a changed man, and is lighting the world on fire with a message of positivity and impact. He is the author of The Coffee Bean, which he co-wrote with John Gordon, who many of you know. John is also a good friend of David's. So it's a small world. But uh, Damon West is one of those guys that will add tremendous value to the Montgomery Companies community. We will roll out registration for that event soon, but we would love to have you join us on Friday, July 9th. With that, I want to tell you I am excited about today's session. And if it seems like I have an extra level of energy, it is because I do. And we have waited for this session for a long time. I've been getting texts and emails all week. We get to hang with, learn from, and learn with our guy, David Nurse. I want to encourage you to drop questions in the chat box. We would love for you to engage with David. We're going to try to answer as many questions as we can during the second half of our conversation. And uh, we'll chop it up with you. If you got a question about connection, relationships, building a network, mindset, performance, perspective, drop it in the chat box. We would love to answer uh, those questions for you. I also shared David's contact information in the chat box. You'll want to follow this guy on social media. David does such a great job of creating a presence, constantly sharing content that you will find helpful and relevant. So go check him out on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. He's got a great website. This guy does coaching. He's an author. He's got a blog. He's got a podcast. You cannot not bump in to David Nurse if you're on social media. So with that, let me formally introduce you to my friend, David Nurse. David is an NBA life and optimization coach and has worked with over 150 NBA athletes. He is an author of the best-selling book, Pivot and Go, which I've personally read recently, and it is full of practical wisdom and insight. He's also the host to the top-rated Pivot and Go podcast, where he interviews some of the top thought leaders 
on planet Earth. And he is married to Taylor, who is a Hollywood actress. Uh, so the two of them are doing big things together. Taylor actually wrote the intro to David's book. It's been cool to get to know Taylor and see her journey from afar. But David and Taylor are a power couple changing this world for good. And David, as we join into today's conversation, man, I want to say this to you directly. Of all of the things that I admire and appreciate about David Nurse, uh, I appreciate and admire the way that you wear your faith on your sleeve. And in a world that can be difficult, I so much appreciate how you are bold and what you believe and what you stand for. And when you talk to David Nurse, you know that. Uh, you're just upfront about who you are, man. And I really value your authenticity. So on behalf of the Montgomery Companies team, on behalf of all of our listeners, I want to say welcome, David Nurse, to the Montgomery Companies Leadership Series. Thank you, man, for being with us. Jordan, you are amazing. By far the best agent introduction that I've ever got. Like, I'm just, I'm juiced up over here feeling really, I'm like, who is this guy? Oh, is that me? All right. So thank you. First off, my wife, yes, she is way cooler than I am. Way cooler above. And I'm also very thankful that you didn't have Damon and John on before me because they are phenomenal people, phenomenal speakers. So thank you for the setup, man. Super excited and blessed to be here with you guys. Well, today, today's going to be great, man. I'm excited to learn from you and learn with you. Our community's excited. Again, I know we're going to have questions popping off of the chat box. We'll get to those at the end of our session today. Um, you know, I was, I was talking to Thomas Williams, our mutual friend, the other day, and he said, you know, David's got some unique abilities. We all have unique abilities. But one of your unique abilities is the ability to connect with people. You are masterful at connecting. Thomas Williams called you the super connector. And you are a super connector. And the reason that's important today, man, is we have so many salespeople on today's call. We have financial advisors, real estate agents, entrepreneurs, and they're in the business of connecting. We've often said you're one connection away, you're one relationship away from a completely different life. And that statement epitomizes your journey and your story, because I know there was one connection that you made in your mid-20s through a lot of energy, through a lot of effort. And I would love for you to drop us into that story and talk to us about the power of connection. Yeah, absolutely. So let me set the stage for you guys here real quickly. So my whole life was poured into playing in the NBA. So, you know, growing up in the middle of nowhere, cornfields of Iowa, I was in Pella, Iowa, you know, not very athletic, thinking, thinking I was playing in the NBA. So basically my whole life goal, everything, no backup plan, I'm going to play in the NBA. I'm going to be a starting point guard in the NBA. Now let's fast forward a little bit. I get to play college basketball, grinded my way there. I got to play overseas, which sounds really cool, but it's more like the Will Ferrell semi-pro joke of a league. I'm in the second division Spain, still thinking that I'm playing in the NBA here and I get cut from this team. Goals, hopes, dreams, everything I poured into my life turned upside down on its head, rubbed in the dirt. So I'm back living with my parents on the recliner chair. And my mom would always say these motivational, inspirational quotes. She said, David, when one door closes, four open in an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. I was like, okay, I've never heard that one before. Usually it's just whatever, mom, in one ear, out the other ear. But this one really stuck with me. For some reason, it stuck with me. It showed me everything I poured into playing in the NBA. All these two-a-days, this film study, this extra work was actually not made for me but was made for me to coach in the NBA. So now this became my pivot 
hence the word pivot, my new mission to coach in the NBA. But there was one problem, Jordan. I didn't know anybody that could get me in the NBA. I had no connections in the NBA. So right there that day, I sat down and I wrote a handwritten letter. It took me a few days to write all these to every NBA GM. I called every NBA GM. I searched their email, emailed everybody. One got back to me. One. It was the GM of the Los Angeles Clippers at the time, Gary Sachs. We had this conversation. It was basically, you know, pretty normal, average. And at the end of it, he said, if you're ever out in L.A., look me up. We'll grab coffee. Basically, good luck with the rest of your life, David. But I booked a ticket to L.A. right after that for the following week. Used all my money to book a ticket out there. I knew this was my chance. This was my opportunity. I have to take it. One guy allowed me into his life. And I studied up and had all these questions and these, these points to make it look like I really knew his organization. Went out there, had coffee. We had a great conversation. And literally from there, that's where everything opened up. Since then, when I moved out to L.A., I lived with Gary for six months. He was on my side in my wedding. He was up there with me in my wedding. He is now one of my best friends. Every NBA connection, that was the root of it. Gary introduced me to this person, to that person. And it led to me being able to coach five years later. It's not, it doesn't happen overnight now. So these connections that you got to really pour into these connections, it does not happen overnight. It wasn't like, okay, Gary says, yeah, come on with the Clippers. Five years later, I'm in Australia running a camp because I put work to it. I was like, okay, now I got to do something to make myself stand out. I'm going to utilize these connections. I'm going to pour into Gary. I'm going to serve him. Like I didn't go out there, by the way, and when I was writing these letters, very important point. I didn't say, hey, I would love to have a job. Please give me a job. And I didn't even say, I'm going to outwork everybody. We know that. Everybody's going to say they're going to outwork everybody. I just said, hey, if there's anything that I can do for you or your organization, I am always here to serve and really made an emphasis on serving. So five years later, I'm doing these basketball camps all over the country, basically living out of my car, sleeping in well-lit Walmart parking lots with my bag of balls in the trunk and started doing some internationally. And I was in Australia, Melbourne, Australia. And I got an email, said shooting coach, Brooklyn Nets. Thought it was spam, almost hit delete on it. The next week, <laughs> I'm the shooting coach with the Brooklyn Nets. At 27 years old, my dream, everything was right there because of this connection with Gary Sachs and cultivating that relationship. And one thing I did along this journey, so I became addicted to building relationships. Not addicted to what can others do for me, but I just really loved being curious, hearing people's story and hearing people out. And I'd go to these, these summer league NBA conventions and basically I made my, my 20s where most people are happy hour in with their friends. I made it, I'm addicted to connecting. I want to learn these people's story. I want to build genuine relationships with these people. So I made it a goal of mine. I'm gonna get as many business cards of NBA people that I could possibly get. And I wasn't just gonna go for like the Phil Jacksons or these people way at the top. Like I knew there were people like me, hungry, driven, that wanted to continue to improve. So I cultivated these relationships with other people that Gary introduced me to. Eric Spolster was a young coach at the time. The now GM of the Milwaukee Bucks, John Horst, became friends with him. But not because, hey, this is going to be a gain for me. It was just fun. It's just fun building true, lasting relationships. If it's transactional, it's never going to last. But if it's relational, like that's when it lasts. Like with my NBA players that I work with, I, like, I made it a goal. Like, I am not going to use them. I want to be sitting with them, 80 years old, me and Jeremy Lin on the front porch, drinking lemonade, talking about the old days, not just using them for what they can do for me. So everything was based on, yes, building these relationships, because one is too small a number. No one ever does it alone, but building genuine 
true relationships. I love that, brother. And I think about the thousands of hours that you poured into preparation, right? The research, the prep work, you knew your stuff before you reached out to these people. And I think one of the things that we fail in oftentimes when connecting with people is just a lack of preparation. So if you're listening, I want to underscore that, David, about your story. You are unbelievably prepared. You know your audience before they know you, right? You're also very clear. I think you were incredibly specific about who you are and what you want to accomplish. And then finally, you bring this to every conversation, but I think you have a great level of energy. You are always, man, just so enthusiastic. You're excited to speak to whoever you're speaking to. And so if you're listening today, I want you to write that down as a formula to connect with people. Be overly prepared, be unbelievably clear and come to the conversation with great energy because I experience that about you each and every time we interact. You send me these long connecting text messages, connecting me with other people. Man, they're detailed. They're filled with exclamation points, tons of enthusiasm, and you're specific. You're incredibly specific about why you're making that connection. So if you're listening, I want you to think about who you're going to reach out to. Who do you need to be in front of? And what type of preparation do you need to do? What do you need to do to be overly clear? And what type of energy are you going to bring to that conversation? I want to spend a little bit of time on environment. Uh, Your good friend, David Ed Milet, says this all the time. He says, your environmental game drives your mental game. And your mental game drives everything else in your life. But it all starts with our environment. We titled today's session, Mastering Your Mindset. We're going to spend a little bit of time on mindset, although we're talking about a lot of different topics today. And I know that you believe deeply in the power of environment. I'd love for you to talk about how you've experienced uh, environment over the years and how that shaped your performance and your mindset. Yes. So environment is extremely important. And most people look at it as a way as environment. What are the things around us that we see physically, tangibly see? But the environment is so much more. It's the people around us. The people that we surround ourselves is who we are. So I have a rule. I'm not going to surround myself with any energy vampire suckers. They're all going to be positive people, but not just airy-fairy positive people, but they are going to be truth tellers, not just yes men, that I know it's like an iron sharpens iron group. That's why Ed Milet's a really good friend and John Gordon. I know these people are going to challenge me and support me on the challenge and support matrix for my growth. So what I really learned that environment is extremely important. Environment is extremely important. When I was able to spend time with the Golden State Warriors before there was a 2015-2016 season in preseason, and they'd just come off winning an NBA championship. So it was before they were like the dynasty warriors. Now they were really good. They had this beautiful form of basketball, shooting a ton of threes. Like I cried multiple times watching them in the finals win that year before. So I'm going into these practices, Jordan. Like I'm just super excited. I'm gonna take all these, these, these skills, these secrets and bring them back to my players. I'm gonna look like a mad scientist genius. This is great. When I'm sitting there, what I saw just blew my mind. For the first hour of every practice, for the first hour of every practice, it was footwork, form shooting, ball handling, passing, an hour, boring basics, the boring fundamentals. And they had this this banner that just hung above the, the hoop that said joy. All it said was joy. So this set up the environment that every time somebody stepped on the floor, came to work, they were going to come with joy, appreciation for being able to be out there. So they would work on the fundamentals, these boring basics, these things nobody really likes to do. We all have those in our lives. 
I mean, 80% of our lives are habitual. They are the fundamentals. They are the boring basics, whatever it might be. But they did each one of those with joy. Now, if we do each one of those fundamentals without joy and we're just going through the motions and we're being negative, it's going to affect the rest of our lives, the part that we really want to get to. So what the Warriors did here before they were the Dynasty Warriors was poured in with joy every single day. And how did they end that season right there? With the best record in NBA history. The boring basics, the fundamentals, setting up your environment for joy, not worrying about whether it looks good on the outside. Like there's going to be so many unseen hours that you have to put in so much preparation doing this grunt work. I make it one thing that I, I embrace. I love doing the things other people don't love to do because I know it's going to give me the advantage. And I love surrounding myself with people who are smarter than me. I don't ever want to be the smartest person in the room. Jordan, I can't. You read my book. You know I'm not the <laughs> smartest person in the room. I can't talk over anybody. But I know I'm going to improve. And I'm always, always open to learning. Like there's been times, I know I'm just kind of going off on some other stories too, but there's been times I've been in just these crazy places, like over in Japan with this youth basketball camp that I was doing. And instead of looking at like, what is this? This is Japan, youth basketball. What am I going to learn from there? I learned some of the best things I'd ever learned on shooting development with your elbow and your motion from these guys here. So always being open to learning is how you're always going to be open to your growth. And yes, surrounding yourself with an amazing environment. It is, it's like what we're doing daily is planting seeds. We're all planting seeds, scattering them around. But the question is, where are you planting those seeds? Are you planting them in thorns that get choked away, these negative people? Are you planting them in tar where it just gets stuck? People are not going to be encouraging, encouraging you, helping you along with your goals and dreams. Or are you planting them in fertile, beautiful Iowa soil that's just going to grow them to roots to the highest capacity that they can be? So you could be planting all the best seeds you could possibly plant by yourself. Like we talked about earlier, you're never going to get there. If you plant them with the wrong people, you're never going to get there. You have to plant them with this incredible environment that you create. The iron sharpens iron. Well, I've been, I've been watching you, man, and studying the way that you operate and you measure your success. And I know this about you. You measure your success based on the seeds that you sow, not on the harvest that you reap. And it's a great model for all of us, right? Because success is the natural consequence of applying the basics and the fundamentals. And even though we know that common sense isn't always common practice. And I think the great ones, to your point, they never get bored of applying the basics and the fundamentals. Uh, David, one of the questions that you get asked, and I've heard people ask you this before, they'll say, man, how do you know Mark Cuban? How did you get connected to all, you know, all these great people, right? The Roger Goodells of the world and the David Meltzers and the Ed Milets. Like you built this really impressive network and they're asking the wrong question, right? The question should be, how hard did you work to get connected? Not how did you get connected, but how hard did you work because you've been applying the basics and the fundamentals. But I know part of the work was adding value. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about adding value, serving obsessively and relentlessly hmm. other people around you. You talk about the golden 15 and you've got an incredible story about service that I can't wait for our audience to hear. Heavy note taking time. Talk to us about adding value and serving other people. Man, such a good question and setting that up well. You use the word relentless. Relentless consistency 
is the best term that I've ever been given by my NBA players. Just showing up every single day with that energy, enthusiasm for life, the joy, relentlessly consistent. No matter what your circumstances, no matter what the situations are, you come with that smile on your face, ready to serve. So I learned how important living in this service mode was when I was coaching with the Nets. We were playing down in Dallas. And I had told myself two weeks prior that, hey, I'm going to try to I'm just going to try to work on serving and helping people. Usually it's, oh, if this guy can't help me, I'm out onto the next or this is my schedule. I can't take this 15 minutes to talk to this person. But it's like, all right, I'm going to try to do this. Like this is my calling to be able to help people shoot a basketball or be able to serve people. So I was going to live in this service mentality. So. Before every NBA game, I love being the first person on the floor. It's kind of my just, you know, the, the ambiance of the arena, silent to myself. It's just my time to myself. But this time, there was somebody else out there before me. He was on the other side of the hoop, shooting hoops in these old raggedy jeans, old shoes, normal looking guy, and missing a lot of shots. It wasn't very good. <laughs> so I walked by him going to my side of the court. He turns and looks at me. He's, you know, the, the older you get, the legs go. Just trying to make an excuse for his missus. And being a shooting coach, I had to counteract because it's not necessarily true. I was like, you know, it's, it's not all about the legs. It's about how you generate the power, how you build the momentum. And I could see that he was very intrigued. Now, I didn't want to get into this 15-minute lesson with this total stranger here. But I was like, all right, I told myself I'm living in the service mode. This is my gift God's given me. I'm going to go show him a few things. So I showed him a couple of things. He was getting more range on his shot. He was making them more consistently. And he was just, you could tell he was just super excited about this. Now, the real players had to come out and start warming up for the game. So we had to get off. And I said, hey, look, if you want more drills, advice, just let me know. You can shoot me an email. More than happy to help. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he pulls out his business card, hands it to me. I put it in my pocket on my way. So I get about five, 10 minutes before the game starts, before tip off. And, and let me set the stage for you, too. So I live out here in Los Angeles. My wife's an actress. But she would tell you, like, I have no idea when we see somebody famous, an actor. I have no idea who that is. This was before Shark Tank was the massive Shark Tank that it is. So when I'm sitting there before tip off, I pull out this business card. And what it reads is Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, that Mark Cuban. I just been pouring into Mark Cuban for something he was passionate about, harnessing his inner power for his <laughs> shooting ability. And that's what I realized that true breakthroughs happen when you live in the service mode, when you are not concerned about what you're going to get out of an interaction out of a relationship. When you live in the service mode, that's when breakthroughs happen. When you walk into a room and you look at your hands and you say serve, it reminds you that you're going to live in the service mode. And it's, it's not about what you can get out of the room or the people that you meet in the room. It's what you can pour into those people. And if you give, give, give without expecting anything in return, I'm here to tell you, like it is going to come back to you. And also you live in the service mode it takes a lot of pressure off you. You don't feel like, oh my gosh, I got to connect with that guy or I got to do this. I got to do that. It takes a ton of pressure off you being that, that service mentality person. And that's when I realized, okay, I, I want to create a, what I call golden 15. Now this is 15 people in my so-called network. I don't call it networking. Networking is a dirty term like LinkedIn, just hitting people up for what they can do for you. But the circle of people that I know that, I can pour into and they will pour into me for something I want to be very high level at. Like Mark Cuban, I, I can ask him business advice. I can, I'll, I'll text him, email him. He'll get right back to me. He's awesome. Gary Sachs, basketball. Eric Spolster was coaching off somebody for real estate, somebody for health and wellness, but, but someone I want mm -hmm. to build a genuine relationship with. It's not transactional like we're talking about. So building your golden 15, I, I challenge you guys all to do that. Who are 15 people in your life 
that you know can help you move the needle. Not for your selfish gain, but yes, it's going to come back to you. But who can you reach out and serve? Like I have a thing that I do uh, every single day. I send out a text message or a video message to three people, three people, just encouraging them. I might not have talked to them for months, but it's just a message to say, hey, I know you're, you're doing amazing things. And I'm just here to encourage you. Keep up the great work. Keep being the light that you are. And some of the responses I've got from that have been literally life changing. Like, man, I, I needed this. I was so down because you don't know what people are going through. Like we all think that somebody might just be, wow, look at him from the outside on the surface. He looks great. He's got everything locked in, but he might be hurting down inside. And you can be that one, that catalyst, that spark to encourage them, to help them take out what is inside of them. These gifts are suppressing because of either their self-doubt or everybody else around them telling they can't do it. And you could ignite that. There was a person who, who poured their whole life into this lady called, named Florence Nightingale. Y'all know who she is. Nightingale set up the whole nursing says this lady poured her whole entire life. She didn't get any publicity, anything, poured everything into Florence Nightingale. If she hadn't, the nursing system, the hospital system wouldn't be what it is today. So it doesn't matter whether all of your stuff is seen on the outside, social media, from other people, but it is on the inside that you know that you're serving and that you're pouring into people. You're creating your golden 15. And that's what's going to ignite just this amazing, amazing network of genuine true relationships you have. Well, I love one of the first questions that you asked me, David, and one of our first interactions is how can I serve you? How can I add value? And if you're listening to this conversation and you're thinking, well, I'm not David Nurse and I don't know the ins and outs of performance and I don't have an athletic background. Maybe you're new to business or you're just getting started. One of the things I want you to hear is you can add value through your energy, right? You can add value through your perspective, uh, through your empathy, through your counsel, through the way that you listen, the way that you give people attention, right? A person's favorite sound is their own name and their favorite topic is themselves. It's them, right? So if you want to add value, listen, ask questions, be attentive, give them support, give them your attention, and you will add massive value in the process. I know that's part of the science and how you operate, David. And I know we're going to get some questions about the intricacies of how you add value, because there's a whole lot more to your process for adding value than what you just shared. And I know we're going to get some questions about that as we move to Q&A. I want to land this plane, though, in our conversation around a really important topic, and the topic is identity. Craig Rochelle famously said, if you want to kill something special, you will compare it to something else. And I've watched you live in your own lane. You are your own person. You're audacious. You're bold. You share crazy stuff on social media. You bring level 12 energy into simple conversations and freak people out. But you are just totally who God made you to be. And it is so refreshing. I would love for you to tell us a story about identity and then speak about what identity means to you. Yeah. And Jordan, I, I only know how to be myself. It's too much energy to try to be somebody else. So I just, I just I can't do it. And one thing that I see is like all this that we are doing here on earth, like all this building these companies and building our brands and going and motivating people. Like I just look at God, he's up there. He's, he's just kind of, you know, just laughing. Oh, that's cute, David. Hey, good job. That's cute. Like in the grand scheme of things, why put so much pressure on yourself? Why care so much about what other people think? It doesn't even matter. And once you shed that mask, shed that I have to live up to this, or my parents said I had to be this, or people around me see me as this, like for myself, everybody saw me as basketball coach. David Nurse, basketball, basketball. That's my identity. I have to do it for the rest of my life. So when I decided I want to write a book, I want to be an author. 
Like people are like, what are you doing? That's not, no, no, you're a basketball. Come on, get on the court, teach this guy how to shoot this thing. You're a basketball coach. No, I'm David Nurse, the author. And I'm going to vote for myself every single morning I wake up, David Nurse, author. Started telling people that, telling people that. And then after a while, people start asking, hey, how's the book coming? How's it going? So you can shed your identity by being bold, being able to stand up and tell other people, speak it into existence. But the best story that I've learned of true self-identity is, is what confidence actually means. Everybody throws that term confidence around there. It sounds great. Like, oh, I have great confidence. But most of us look around this room, the Zoom room, and see, you know, the, the results that we have, the resumes, everything like that is confidence. And sure, that's great. That's a tip of the iceberg of it. But true confidence is built on true self-awareness. Mm. And there's this guy, a really good friend of mine, Jeremy Lin. He went through this time in 2011, 2012 called Lin's Sanity. So basically came out of obscurity. If you guys don't remember that, it, he was just killing it. He was going for game winners, 30 points. And I just complete obscurity about to get cut like two days prior. He was the number one trending thing on Twitter in the world. He was all these new stations. He was at the summit. He was literally at the peak of basketball, at the peak of world entertainment, everything. But if he was being honest with you, he would tell you he would never want to go through that situation that time again, because instead of living in the appreciation for what he'd been given, he was living in the what ifs. What if I can't keep this up? What will people think of me? What if I don't be able to perform like I am now? What's going to happen? And it drove him nuts and it ate him from the inside out. And one of the greatest accomplishments that I've been able to see in, in my career and in Jeremy's career is to watch him come into his own, to shed the identity of being just a basketball player based on results, based on what other people to say, and just to be so much more, to be a man who stands for his faith, stands for his Taiwanese people, and stands for even being, thinking he's a great gourmet chef in the kitchen, huge added bonus for me when we hang out. So his identity is not tied to basketball. His identity is tied to who he is. We all have labels. We all have things that we're told we are CEOs. We are this. That's not who we are. We put a lot of pressure on our shoulders if we think that's who we are, because then we have to live up to these expectations. But once you shed that and once you realize that you can be so comfortable in your own skin and when you are, it makes everybody around you so comfortable in their own skin. Like that's the thing I want to do in every conversation. I'm not going to try to talk over you. I don't know how to talk over you. I'm not going to try to be anybody that I'm not because it takes too much energy. I don't know how to do that. So the power of self-awareness is where true confidence is, is grown. Man, I love that. And, you know, I think it's true that if we live for the praise of others, we die by the criticism of others, you mm -hmm. know, and I appreciate your confident humility, right? Because that's what it is. It's, it's walking in confident humility, and who you were made to be. And I think one of the things that we share in common, David, and one of the things that makes us human is we have experienced true brokenness. And at 27 years old, most people know this. I lost everything. I lost all the money that I had. My reputation was damaged. I had a, um, a house, a, a big million dollar house that I lost. Uh, I had, um, you know, for the student athletes listening, I had a, the equivalent of an NFL rookie contract that I lost. And it was because of a decision. It was a bad decision, right? And it caused true brokenness. But what it really caused was insecurity because I was living for the praise of others. And because I was living for the praise of others, I ended up dying by the criticism of others. In other words, it hurt way more than it ever should have. And I'll just elaborate on this point. Liz Bohannon, who was on our webinar recently, she shared this and I thought it was so good. She said, if you are dealing with insecurity, if you are living in the fear 
of what other people are thinking of you. It's actually not your insecurity that's getting in the way. It is actually your ego that Mm. is getting in the way, right? Because if you think that you're special enough that people are sitting around thinking about you, popping popcorn, waiting to see what you do next, you probably think a little bit too much of yourself. So I think there is an intersection of where pride hits humility. And at the center of that intersection is our identity. We can be confident. We can be proud of the gifts that we've been given, but we need to understand where they come from and stay grounded. Uh, We've got some questions, man. I want to fire some questions at you. I know from all the salespeople listening, we've got some great questions about the golden 15. Um, Could you go deeper on the golden 15? Help us understand like what are the daily activities? I know you're reaching out to three people, but how do you add value? How are you showing up for other people? What are the little things that David Nurse does for the golden 15 that other people aren't doing? Yeah, great question. So this is figuring out what your give can be. And everybody's give is going to be different. What is your skill? What is your God-given ability that you can help somebody else move the needle forward in their life? Like, so for me, it had been a lot of NBA. Like, I'll connect you with this NBA player. And, and, and that's, I mean, not fair to say because not everybody can use that. But if you don't have something of, like, you don't think, okay, I don't have this real estate advice that I can give somebody. Why would they want to listen to me? You just pour encouragement into them. You pour genuine encouragement into them. Because trust me, anybody who's an author, let's say you want to have in your golden 15, or anybody who's done any kind of substantial work on something, if you actually send them a message, like I'll get this and people will send me chapters of my book that I didn't even know quotes in there. That I didn't even know was, was in there. And I'm like, I'm blown away because it shows how much they care, how much work that they put in. So there's not necessarily some magic thing that you can give to people to help them to pour into them, but you really got to study people. You really have to be curious with who they are, with where they want to get, and then you can kind of see where you can add value to there. But think about what your give can be. That'd be the challenge. Think about what this give can be, and then figure out the type of people that you want to have surrounding you. Who are the people you want in your life? Because this golden 15 is also going to be your, your iron sharpens iron group. This is going to be your, for me, Ed Milets, John Gordon's, Eric Spolstra's, these guys who I know are going to push me to the next level. Because if I don't have them, I don't have anybody mm. challenging me. So you need these people in this golden 15 to be challengers, to be supporters, to be truth tellers, and then figuring out, okay, where do you want somebody? Like I could tell you now, basically, if, if someone comes to me like, hey, do you have a guy for this? But yeah, yeah, I do. I have a great guy for that. Yeah. And there's a story, backstory to that and how I poured into him. And it, it, it takes time. It takes a lot of time. But that's mm. the beauty in it. I mean, nothing that we do is going to happen quickly. I know you guys know this, but it's still, it's still the thing that we all want. Like, I just want everything right now. Like, I want all this stuff right now. But I know that if you don't build the roots, if you get this Insta fame or this just boom, rise to the top, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to crumble. Like me with the Nets. I hadn't done enough coaching to, to be able to withstand that. I got, I got fired the year afterwards. And it was another life pivot, which led to another four doors opening a whole beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. That's another story. But if you don't do the, the work and put in the time and build these roots, it's not going to last. It's going to crumble. Uh, bro, we have questions pouring in. There's no way we'll get to all of these. We are at a hundred questions oh my in our private awesome. chat. This is awesome. Let's go um, all day. I'm just, I'm just picking some of the best, bro. So Connor Welvert from the Quad Cities, you know, you know about the Quad Cities. Yeah, Connor Welvert says this, how did David take 
the 2016 Nets from one of the worst three-point shooting teams to the very top. And what is he doing? What was he doing daily with players? How did he change their mindset? Yeah, Connor, you've read the book. I love it. So when I came in, we were 28th in the league in three-point shooting percentage. Being a shooting coach, I had to help him take it up to another. Now, the wins didn't really represent what that, that shooting development was. And I like to say I planted the seeds for the Nets of who they became today. So I planted that. that why they're so good now is I planted. No, I'm just kidding. But what I did was I, put, I helped people figure out their, what their best situation was. So I'll just give you an example story. There was a player, great shooter, Wayne Ellington from North Carolina, still playing in the NBA, amazing guy. But he was shooting like 29% from threes. And yeah, I, so I studied that. Like, why is he not shooting? He's a great shooter. But he was shooting off the dribble, step backs, very difficult challenge threes. Like, this is not going to translate. Wayne's not a shooter off the dribble. He had to figure out and know who he was. Mm. So he shot, he was like 65% corner threes, like an unbelievable corner three shooter, and just was great just catch and shoot. No dribbles. If he didn't dribble, catch and shoot, boom, he was automatic. So I showed Wayne these stats. I showed Wayne his clips, his highlight reel, his personal highlight reel is what I call it, like his best shots, his best moments, so he could live and recreate this in his own mind and visually see it every single day. And his, his three-point percentage skyrocketed, went to almost nearly 40% because he focused on what he was great at, didn't try to be something that he wasn't. And it was like that for all the guys. Like I helped them figure out where they where they were at their best. Wayne ended up getting multi-year contract with the Miami Heat after that. So it's yeah, I mean that's that's the main thing. Like I wasn't changing people's forms and it's not about changing, but it's about it's about showing them who they can be, not who they are in the moment, but who they can be and and tapping into that that God-given ability that they have within them. So in our daily lives, show people who they can be, not necessarily who they currently are. And I think to me, David, you're a lid lifter, you know, so if I was answering Connor's question, I would say you've been lifting the lid on the potential of the people around you, right? And that's what we do as leaders, right? You help people see more and you help them see it before. So if you're helping see people see more and you're helping people see it before, you are by definition a lid lifter and you've been lifting the lid on the potential of the people that you serve and work with. Uh, we've got a general question, but I want to ask this one because I'm curious myself. This comes from Jay Montgomery on the Montgomery Company's team, who happens to be my older brother. Uh, lo- love this guy. He asked a good question. I'm curious to know the answer. David, whose career and work inspires you most? Whose career and work inspires you most? Wow. That is a phenomenal question. I can see why he's your older brother. He's smarter than you. He's probably cooler than you. It's a great <laughs> question. So there's a mix, to be honest with you. I mean, if, if I could say anybody in terms of leadership and just, you know, just really seeing like how to lead and how to go places where people aren't and how to just take all the misfits. I mean, Jesus is the ultimate leader. So mm-hmm. to me, I try to emulate his leadership tactics of just, you know, how he just go through the day and he gets so much done, but it's just, you know, Jesus just smooth, he's flow. And so I call it the Jesus pace. Like I tell myself, I write that down every morning, have Jesus pace, have Jesus pace, have Jesus so pace. Good. get a lot done, but do it in this pace type of mentality. But for the people, I, I put a mixture together. So who I'm going to be is a mixture between John Maxwell, who's an amazing, phenomenal leader, Tony Robbins, who's a great inspirer, motivator, and mm. Tim Grover, 
who's just really dove deep into the mindset and how top players and elite players perform, but cannot just go from good to great, but from great to outstanding. So I, I really admire there where I admire a lot of people's work, John Gordon and my I know I keep bringing up phenomenal people, but those three are kind of my, Hey, I'm going to throw my, all their best parts of them. I'm going to take the best parts of them, throw it in a blender, add a little spice of, of me and who I am <laughs> blended together. And, and that's who I'm striving to be. Man, I love, I love that response. John Maxwell's considered the world's leading expert on the topic of leadership. Tony Robbins mindset, right? Tim Grover performance. So that's a pretty good roster of people to look up to and chase after. Um, Sam Choi says this, Sam Choi, Chicago, Illinois. Thanks, David and Jordan, for sharing today. You're welcome, Sam. Shout out to you. Appreciate you. In living a life of service, where do we balance serving others without thinking about what you will receive in return and how do I balance that with saying no? I'm going to pause here for a second, David, because I know you do say no. And every time we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. You've been saying no to good things so you can say yes to great things. Give us a window into that world. Oh, that's such a, that's such a good question. And it's so important to know how to say no. The power of saying no makes your yes even stronger. So you have to figure out what your non-negotiables are. Where are your essentials? Like for me, me and my wife, we have a shutoff time at night. And we tell each other when that time is going to be. So that means after that, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm putting it on airplane mode. I'm not checking it. Sure, I might check it before I go to bed just to make sure that there's no fires that I have to put out. But I'm going to be very intentional with my time. Mm-hmm. I have now, I won't take any random calls. So if anybody calls and is not on the schedule, I'm not going to take it. I'll get back to you. But my time, I'm going to make my time very important. So saying, saying no to, I mean, all these situations that will come up. And I'll give you a story about this is mm-hmm. the, the power of saying no and how the enemy of great is not bad. We can see the bad. The enemy of great is good. So a couple of years ago, I was meeting with the the Phoenix Suns GM and they were bringing me out and they wanted me to come in and turn around their development program. And it's just going to give me the keys, like bringing your sleep coaches, bringing like the total optimization that I had just really, really wanted. And I loved doing. And they offered, they offered, they offered it for a three-year deal. But then I was, I was having a conversation with John Gordon, who's one of these support and challenge truth tellers to me. And he said, David, that sounds great, but do you really want to be in a gym for the next five, 10 years, you have more potential than that. I think you can serve and help other mm. people, not just basketball players. Mm. So just think about that. Is that something that you really want to do? And it was tough to turn it down. I, I turned it down and that was something that would have been really good. I said no to, but it led to so many more great things. Being able to write a book, podcast, speaking mm. all over the place. Like this is what I really love doing. I love helping. Um, I like that. Take the lid off to let these, these gifts, these, everybody's got has a God given gift and ability in them. It's just that we play defense on ourselves so much. We have 50,000, yes. 50,000 self-talk thoughts a day, Jordan, 50,000 on average, mm. they do a ton of studies on this. 80% are negative. We are just literally defending ourselves and we can wipe away that negativity, turn it for the positive, not just like making up, things and thinking that, oh, just positivity is all just saying that, but, but actually living it. So yeah, I know I jumped around on the question a lot there, but um, yeah, just being able to live in these God-given abilities that you have. And I'm just going to give people a tool here too. So I really think this tool is powerful. As we've talked about the hands and entering the room, saying serve, we have our hands with us at all times. I'm really big on having tools, actionable tools, not just the whys, but the how do you do something? So how do you erase this self-doubt? So when I walk to my ice cold shower in the morning after I, when I get up, 
I, I walk by a mirror and we all walk by a mirror at some point early in our day. And I stop at that mirror. That mirror is the foggy mirror of self-doubt. And I can, I can choose to live in the self-doubt and let it stay foggy. I stay there and literally make the action. There's so much power between your brain, your subconscious, and actually making physical actions. And I just wipe this mirror clean. It's kind of like the power stance. We're supposed to stand powerful and you feel more confident about yourself. Same thing. I wipe it. I'm telling myself this, this foggy mirror of self-doubt, it's gone. So that's one tool that you can use in your daily routines, in your habits to help continue to fight off the self-doubt that we have creeping into ourselves. And man, it's just like everything too. the mental skills, these mindset tools, they don't just, you don't just do them once and they happen. Like Mm. I don't just pick up a basketball and become a great shooter. It's just not going to happen. It's day after day after day after day of committing to the process. Yeah, man, I just think about your journey and it's been long obedience in the same direction, right? It's routine, it's structure, it's habits. And you've been doing things uh, for a long time in one direction over and over and over again. And I think if you're willing to do things that other people don't do, you'll eventually have impact and influence that others don't have. So I just want to respond to the question in that way. And then man, back to service to answer Sam's question. Um, I'm going to say this to the group and the people that are watching, because I think this also embodies the way that you operate, David. If you can't do something for everybody, don't worry about it. Just do for one what you wish you could do for many. Do for one what you wish you could do for many. Because I do watch you move close to people and I watch you serve people, David, who are less experienced. Uh, Maybe they don't have the same network that you do. Maybe they come from a, a different background than you do. But I watch you move close to those people. And if it is true that Jesus is the ultimate leader and that's your perspective, then leading from a secondary position is a great model to lead. So Sam, awesome question. I appreciate you asking. Sarah Henning from Nashville, Tennessee, one of my favorite people on planet earth, asks another question about the golden 15. Literally, we have like 50 questions just about the golden 15. This is crazy. So we're going to have to have another conversation just about the golden 15. She says, You said that you built your golden 15 of people who are the people you want to have in your life and who are challengers, supporters, and truth tellers. And your side of the relationship is you engage in relentless service to them. How are you also creating space for them to challenge, support, and truth tell in those relationships? So are you inviting that back into your world? If so, how are you asking for feedback? How are you getting challenged by these golden 15? That's a phenomenal question because, yeah, we can feel like we just pour everything into everybody else and then nothing's coming back to us. Now, a lot of these times in these relationships where people that really care, like these golden 15, like these are people that care about you, too. Mm. So a lot of the times they're going to offer it like John just offering me that I would come to the que- like with that question about the Phoenix Suns to John. I'll bring these questions to people so you can't be afraid to ask as much as serving is giving and building this golden 15 is giving and giving and giving. If you don't ask people Mm. don't know, and you don't have to feel uncomfortable because you've built this relationship with them. They care about you. They want to see you succeed. If they don't, they shouldn't be in this golden 15. That's when you cut them out. Throw them in like the silver 30 or something like that. The second tier. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely. You have to ask. You absolutely have to ask. And it's a tough thing to do at times to ask people that you think like, okay, they might be above me or I can't ask Mark Cuban for advice. Sure. I can. I poured into him. He knows I care about him. Now I'm not going to ask him something every day. You have to find that kind of that balance of them. I'm not going to hit them up. And like, I'm not going to say, Hey, can I just pick your brain? Can I pick your brain? Like that's, that's one of my pet peeves when people say, can I pick your brain? I mean, just ask a very 
what what you want to I mean, what you what you really want to see is it? Hey, hey, what what should I be doing in this situation? Hey, I've got this challenge in my life, and so I guess the yeah. I mean, to to wrap it up, it's basically figure out what what these people. I mean, what these people want to move the needle in their life, but also don't be afraid to ask any questions that you know that you need because a, mm, a question unasked is a question unanswered. That's good. I love that. Yeah. Two things, right? Ask for feedback and ask for help. Feedback mm-hmm. is the breakfast of champions. It's the one thing that everybody says is important and they're simultaneously not getting enough of it. So I oh. think as leaders, we got to ask for more feedback and I think we got to ask for help. Uh, one of our mutual friends, David, is David Meltzer. And one of the things that he's committed to is asking for help each and every day, regardless of how successful you've become, regardless of how much you've achieved, you have to continue to ask for help. We never outgrow the ask for help. Uh, Alex Coyne from Pensacola, Florida, former Division I athlete at West Florida. Uh, Alex, I love the question. Giving and serving can also be draining. What are some ways, I, I, know how, I think I know how you're gonna answer this question. What are some ways that you have uh, found to re- refuel your tank to continue to go out in the world, serve and give to others. Yeah, it, it definitely can be feeling like you're giving so much and your tank is just is just on empty. And there's going to be a lot of times when you give and give and you're not going to get anything back. Like I've been burnt so many times, but I just I just felt like, you know what? I'm just going to keep I'm going to keep living this life of believing the best in people and I'm going to get burned. I'm going to keep pouring into people because I don't want to mm. become this cynical person that doesn't believe in others and believe people have goodness inside of them. So that's one point to know, but then also have your time that you just actually put on the calendar, put on the schedule to recharge Like you can't always be given. Like I, like I talked about having our shutoff time, me and my wife call it the closing time. So we'll tell each other when we're shutting it off. Like it's like an iPhone. If I'm just going on and going on it and I don't plug it in at night, it's going to go the next morning and be like 25%. I want to be fully recharged each and every morning I wake up. So having these little blocks in your day, it doesn't have to be three hours. It could be 30 minutes. It could be an hour. But making sure you put this in your schedule, controlling your schedule instead of letting it control you. And then also have it every every week. Me and my wife have one day where we just take off, completely off, phones off, no work, nothing. Call it Sabbath, call it whatever you want, where we're just resting and we're just enjoying. We, we look at it like every week there's a holiday. We get to celebrate a holiday. We're making pancakes. We're at praise music. We're going for walks. We just look forward to that day. So once a week, we have this 24-hour recharge. And then every four to five months, we'll go on a, me and my wife, will go on a honeymoon. So we're going on our fourth honeymoon coming up here in a month. Like We feel like honeymoon, Love it. you said it just has to be one time. You know, you can always live in the honeymoon mentality, continue to take honeymoon. So we take these times, these trips to get away from everything because it's so easy to just even if you're at home, just get caught up with, oh, I can shoot out this other email. Oh, here's this text. It's called, come out. Let me just shoot this out real quick. But fully being present in the moment by taking this time and allocating mm. it to recharge. So a three-pronged approach, a daily recharge, just a little plug-in, a mm. weekly longer, longer recharge, and then a quarterly or bi-yearly, whatever works for you guys and your family to have that big recharge. Like you just went on your recharge to Florida. You felt charged yeah. up coming back from that. I mean, we were texted down there. You're like, this is amazing. This is great. Hmm. Now I'm charged up and ready, ready to be back at it. So very, very important that you have that self-care for yourself. 
Yeah. And I think we got to stop believing the lie that, you know, crushing it and grinding means yes. uh, just all the time working and being caught up in your, in your work. And, and I appreciate that about your spirit and your work, David, you spend a lot of time talking about rest in recovery and routine. And if you read the book, pivot and go, you'll, you'll find that in the book. So to those of you wondering, like, does he really talk about this stuff? It's all over the book, Pivot and Go. Uh, my wife and I had spent three hours driving back from Chicago talking about the book, Pivot and Go. And a lot of our conversation was around rest, recovery, and routine. So if you've not read the book, Pivot and Go, pick it up. Not because David's on the call, but because it will change your life as you make small pivots. Uh, we probably have time for two more questions. We're going to get to these quickly. We want to send you off on time and honor your hard stop at the top of the hour. Uh, Brian Odette, great question from the great state of Nebraska. He says this, if you had to assign just one attribute, it's a loaded question. If you had to assign just one attribute that true champions share, what would it be? Oh, so good. So the, the one attribute, attribute is kind of a, an answer to an equation. It is relentless consistency. I said the term before, but it is relentlessly consistent in how you show up. Now, you also have to figure out what your passion is because you're not going to show up consistently mm -hmm. with this energy. I mean, you could put it on the front for a while, but if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to do it. It's not going to withstand. Also, you have to have purpose with that. If it's just passion without purpose, it does nobody any good. But if you have passion and you know you're doing it for the God-given reason that you've been put on this earth to do, that's that's when you find your true flow, your true rhythm. And that's when you find this relentless consistency. And then it's just, okay, I'm having this term and I'm showing up every single day like this. Like I challenge you guys out there to, to pick a word. I have my NBA players do this. Pick a word that you are going to say your cue word that when things are going astray or you're in a storm, you can mm -hmm. say this word just over and over again. It just snaps you back and okay, everything's okay. I am this person. I am this, I am talented. I am gifted. Like I have these these abilities inside of me and pick your word. Mine's relentlessly consistent. I've got a player for now with the Portland Blazers, Portland Trailblazers, Norm Powell. His is unshakable. All my players have something that they'll say this Q word that'll kick them back into this frame of mind. So that's relentlessly consistent, but it's the formula before that having passion. What is your passion? What juices you up? Ask yourself that. What juices you up every single morning when you wake up? And then what's your purpose behind that? Because if it's just to make a lot of money, that's great competition, but it's going to, I mean, it's, it's not going to withstand. You'll be, you'll be Steve Jobs on your deathbed and miserable making a ton of money. Mm. So what is your passion plus your purpose doing it relentlessly consistent? Awesome answer. Final question. And it's been said that your life is defined by the friends that you have and the books that you read. Justin Luth asks an awesome question. David, you shared the people that have had the most impact in your life. What books had the most impact on your life? Oh my gosh, so many. And I'm glad you asked that question because I was going to say earlier when you're talking about recovery and recharging and getting my book and reading it, sure, selfishly, like get everybody get paid. I love it. But a great book to read on that is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I don't know if mm. John Mark Comer, he's, he's great. He just, I mean, it's, it's the Jesus pays to the max. So that book, Essentialism by Greg McCowan, great book. Um, John Gordon's Energy Bus. Like, I, I mean, I know I talk about John, but his Energy Bus is an amazing book. And Jack Canfield's Success Principles. Get success. Mm. For, that's super good. And, and there's a lot of them. I can send over a list of like my top 10, 15 books. So everybody can see the ones that I'm like. And then if you guys have some too, I would love it too. I'm always looking for new great reads. 
Because I'm learning, like, even in this conversation, Jordan, I'm picking up things from you. I love, you got some great sayings. Like, what was the one about, is the cereal? Remind me of that one, because I'm going to use some of these too. The, the cereal? Yeah, yo, the breakfast, oh, the breakfast oh, of champions. Feed, feed, feedback is the breakfast That's of champions. It. I yeah. love that. Look at that, <laughs> dropping the mic quotes from Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> No, hey, you could add the word, you could, you could twist it and probably add the word cereal, but it is a, it is a good <laughs> quote and it's not mine. So I don't know who said it. Somebody said it. You could Google that one. To me. Uh, hey, listen, we, we are almost to the top of the hour. Uh, we're probably out of time for questions. I wish we had more time, man, because there's so many questions. You dropped so much knowledge and wisdom today. And I just know this, David, that our community at Montgomery Companies got better today. Man, I appreciate your spirit. Appreciate what you stand for. I appreciate the energy that you bring to every single conversation. Uh, one book that so many people are going to get today because we have like 200 copies is the book Pivot and Go. So if you want a copy of Pivot and Go, I'm going to ask you that you would direct message me on Instagram. We will send you a book. David's going to sign a few copies, not all of them, but David's going to sign some copies. We'll get you some signed copies of David Nurse's book. Uh, but man, from me to you, from the Montgomery Company's team to you and from all of our listeners, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. And on a personal note, I want to say thank you for your friendship because you have added so much value to my life in a very short period of time. You talked about John Maxwell, Tim Grover, and Tony Robbins. My friend, you have a John Maxwell, Tony Robbins, Tim Grover type future in front of you. And it's because you serve people every single day. You're others focused. You're intentional about how you grow your mind and you're building the right environment. David Nurse, you're a blessing, man. Thanks for joining us. Jordan, thank you so much, man. And I appreciate everybody being on here and all the questions everybody's asked. And, and please do this, Jordan. I don't know if you did or not, but put my email, my personal email mm. up there. And if you guys have a question, ask. We talked about asking. Please, I don't have to be in your goal in 15 yet, but I'd love to be in your goal in 15 at some point. So please ask that question. I will get back to everyone. And Jordan, the same thing, man. When we talk about iron sharpens iron, just being around you, knowing what you stand for, your faith, your leadership, you serving others, just absolutely. Like you guys, everybody listen here, you have a phenomenal leader right here in Jordan. So thank you very much for having me on, guys. David, you're the man. Uh, send us off with your email address. I'm going to drop it in the chat box. I know I've got it, but I don't have it memorized. Your email yeah. is? David at davidnurse.com. David at davidnurse.com. Dot com. Super simple. Hey, reach, put it in the chat box. It's funny because when you told the story about David Meltzer, he was telling me a couple, a couple weeks ago when we were at dinner, he's like, after each talk, I give out my personal phone number is what he said. He's like, you wouldn't believe it. Nobody calls. Nobody. It's crazy. <laughs> so please ask. If you have a question, ask. Reach out to David Nurse via email. Follow this guy on social media. David, we're going to be keeping tabs on a future man. Thanks again for being you. Thanks for the value that you added over the last 60 minutes. Much love. Go have an awesome day. Thank you, brother. Be well.